0: Hi guys, this is Danny Flexon with a quick review of the Matchroom show from tonight. Headline by Connor Ben, Pounding out a clear, unanimous decision over Sebastian Formella in what was Ben's best performance of his professional career. Um, it's really weird. It seems like he's gone low-key after that much or very memorable uh, win, in inverted commas, over Cedric Pano in their first fight, for which he got a lot of criticism. Um, Some of which wasn't his fault, particularly the judges' scorecards. Um, And since then, he's improved massively. And it's not been done, although it seems that way, it's not been done on a low-key basis because it's been on huge shows. This was his first night as a headliner. And let's not forget that only happened because the Dillian White-Alexander-Povetkin rematch was postponed uh, when Povetkin got covid And Ben was already on the undercard against Formella. That was elevated to the main event as the show was downgraded from Sky Sports box office to a regular Saturday night fight night um, on Sky. But he's still been on huge shows, albeit on the undercards. So we've watched his progress, but maybe haven't completely taken it in and absorbed it because he's just looked a different fighter um, in his last three fights, particularly against Formella because the others ended early. Perhaps we didn't get enough chance to see the improvements he's made. Against Formella, a lot of things stood out. I mean, his head movement was excellent. His poise, his ring IQ, knowing when to push, when to back off, that was really good. Um, his jab, which the Sky commentators mentioned a number of times, he used it as a range finder. He used it as a weapon in its own right. He used it to set up combinations. Um, one particular combination, which I really liked, was the right hand over the top, dip to the left, left hook to the body, and then finish on the jab. Um, as the opponent's hands, uh, elbows were lower. Um, just a really stiff jab to end the combination as Ben then moved out of range. thought that was incredibly good. Um, and just a real complete performance. You know, he got a bit ragged in the second half of the fight when he decided to engage a bit more, pr- press perhaps for the stoppage, and um, got tagged a few times, particularly by left hook counters. And Formella was very durable, very brave, dogged, hung in there despite getting marked up, despite getting kind of bullied. And not bullied in the sense that, um, I mean, Ben's a muscular guy, but he wasn't wrestling him around and pushing him back in that way. But he put a lot of intelligent pressure on with his feet, which is yet another example of his um, continued improvement. But Formella was fresh from going 12 rounds with Sean Porter in August. Although fresh might not be the right word, considering he was beaten up for 12 rounds, didn't win a round. But it was a different type of um, drubbing, if you like. Ben's was more clinical, um, more measured. Whereas Porter was just, you know, typically relentless. And and he's a world-class fighter and there's no shame in that. But there's no shame in losing to Conor Ben tonight either in the form he was in. Um, And now we wait to see what's next for him. He's talked about wanting that British title. But I think Chris Jenkins has now got, the champion has now got a mandatory defence lined up. So I don't think that'll be next um, for Conor Ben. Um, I wouldn't like to see him go straight in for the European against the winner of Josh Kelly and David Avanissian. think he needs a couple more fights before that level but for someone who's only had 20 amateur fights um, of which he lost two I think um, started off quite late in terms of taking boxing seriously um, had a lot of criticism early in his career a lot of it because of who his father is Uh, Nigel Ben obviously legend of the sport he's now starting to be respected um, in his own right for what he's accomplished and, and the sacrifices he's made to learn and to develop under Tony Sims um, in that great gym. Tony Sims deserves a lot of credit as well. He's an excellent trainer, um, and he's brought Conor on leaps and bounds, but Conor's the one who has to execute what Sims teaches him and has to have the requisite dedication to get in the gym every day, do his runs, and not just that, but to learn, to be willing to learn, to be coachable, I guess is a phrase probably overused, but I'm just adding to that now. Um, But, yeah, I was really impressed with Conor tonight. Undercard was good in places as well. I thought Liam Davis was very, very good in beating uh, Sean Cairns for the vacant English bantamweight title. Um, did really well in that one. Uh, Fabio Wardley, perhaps uh, the most kind of explosive finish of the night with a very quick uh, left hook, right hook combination, taking out Richard Larty. I think that's the earliest Larty's ever been stopped. Uh, he went That was the second round. He went into the fourth with Daniel Dubois. Obviously took Nathan Gorman a distance quite recently. Um, so Wardley showed, even though he's not the biggest heavyweight, he's got some pop in his punches. And it was a very well-placed right hook as well. So it looked to catch um, Larty on the temple just above the ear. So very well-placed shot. Worrying moments afterwards, Larty was given oxygen and then helped onto his stall. Still looked dazed sometime after the knockout. Um, but thankfully left um, eventually in his own under his own steam. And just a... Uh, uh, an eye-catching performance and result for Wardley there he'll be in the shake-up for the British title if and when the winner of next week's Daniel Dubois Joe Joy showdown relinquishes it which presumably they will not too long after um who he fights for that we shall wait and see um, especially now Dave Allen's retired because he would have been in the shake-up for that belt as well um other big heavyweight fight on the show Saw Alan Babich, still yet to be extended beyond round three as a pro. Moved to 6-0 and with six um, inside schedule victories. Beat Tom Little. Little looked like he was going to make a really good fight of it in the first round. You know, he was bobbing and weaving, um, landing some nice counters, stiff jab, catching Babich on the way in. And and kind of round two, start of round three, it looked like Babich was maybe just starting to run out of ideas, if not run out of steam. You know, I think he's definitely got the stamina to keep throwing punches for more than three rounds, whether it's more than six. No one's been tough enough to tell us just yet. And that's not a knock on Tom Little, you know, he got himself into the lightest weight of his pro career for this fight, but he just couldn't he couldn't stick with the pace um that Babich was um pressing onto him. Big hooks. He's got quite fast hands, Babich, as well, It's something that doesn't really get talked about much, but he's got quite fast hands, he throws them in combination, he's just bludgeoning. It might it might not be a huge single shot puncher, but every shot's hard and there's a lot of shots. You know, so it can't be a pleasant experience getting in the ring with him. And um, Eddie Hearn said on Sky after the fight, they're looking to step him up in the next one. So we shall see what happens with that. Um, so that was good. Uh, who else did we see? Oh, Jez Smith scored. I don't even want to call it an upset because most people in the pro, in the trade were picking him to be um, 3-0 and Ben Ridings. Jez Smith isn't unbeaten, but had a lot more experience than Ben Ridings and showed that he was the classier, more versatile performer in their six rounder. I wasn't sure he deserved every round. Um, I had him a clear winner, but I think the referee gave him every round. So he won 60-54 over six rounds. He called out Ted Cheeseman afterwards. I don't see that happening next. I think, you know, Cheeseman's at a certain level now. He's not. He's got nothing to gain from fighting a Jez Smith. But Smith certainly looks like a, a you know, rejuvenated fighter back on the way up. So fair play to him, because that was a, a good win. Um, And yeah, but to leave you on um, the kind of, most memorable part of the night was Conor Ben's performance and there might be people out there who are disappointed he didn't get the stoppage especially as it was quite one-sided but it was his it was his toughest opponent on paper to date and he produced his best performance to date you can't really ask for much more than that and I'm sure his team his corner will be delighted um, with what he brought and he looks very much a still improving fighter at the age of 24 um, I think we sometimes forget. Maybe not how inexperienced he is, because the commentators mention that quite a lot, but just how young he is as well. Um, his best days are very much still in front of him. So we'll look forward to seeing how his journey develops. And I'd like to see what your views were on the show. Um, let me know in the comments below. Performance of Night, what you were impressed with, what weren't you so impressed with, um, and what's next for the winners on the show. I'll be back um, on Monday for reflections. Not sure exactly what I'll talk about considering I've just gone into detail on the show that normally I would cover on Monday, but we'll work it out before then. Um, Really appreciate your time as always and I'll see you all soon. Cheers.
1: Joined by Eddie Hearn, another brilliant night of boxing we've just seen here at the
2: SSE Arena Wembley, culminating in a brilliant performance from Conor Ben. Really good. I mean, I was worried going into this fight. He started the fight so sharp and, you know, as the fight went on, he unravelled a little bit, but because he was taking chances. And this is what people love to see. They don't want to see someone build up a lead and then coast to a points win. They want to see someone trying to knock someone out continuously. And that's what he was trying to do till the last bell. Looked like in the ninth round, he might get him out of there. You know, made him wince a few times with the body shots. But how tough is Formella? I mean, you know, come off 12 rounds with Sean Poulter. A good fighter, but Conor breezed through that test. You know, I expected if he won to at least struggle in there tonight. But he boxed really, really well. And it was a great performance.
1: Do you see this as a bit of a breakthrough night for Conor, proving a lot of people wrong as well?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, he's, he's really got the bit between his teeth to prove people wrong. And sometimes you don't have to do that. I mean, that can drive you on as well. And he's been out of the ring for 13 months. I think he notices the criticism. You know, he's, he's active on social media. And sometimes I say to him, don't worry about it. Just do your own thing. You know, you heard his dad in the interview after saying, don't worry about Josh Kelly, don't worry about Chris Jenkins. You do your own thing, son. You know, all these people call him out. Chris Jenkins had dozens of opportunities to fight him and they wouldn't take it. So you've got to move on from people like that. Now Josh Kelly, now that's a proper fight. And if Josh Kelly can beat David Avanissian in January, Conor Ben fights one more time next summer. Josh Kelly against Conor Ben is a monstrous, monstrous fight. And Conor wants it. I mean, you heard that. I know Josh and Adam would take that fight as well. So that's a big fight to be made. But good improvement. Still a long way to go. Still a lot to learn. But I'm proud of him. He does it. He works really, really hard. And, you know, as he's famously showed this week, he's made those sacrifices away from his family. You know, and that's not easy because he loves the sport and he wants to achieve.
1: Let's talk through the card. It was the idea tonight to give Fabio Wally some rounds mm. against a durable opponent, but a brutal and emphatic finish from him tonight.
2: Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of people saying, oh, you know, it weren't much of a shot. It was partly on the gloves, partly around the side of the head. I saw the state of Larty in the ring, and I saw him back here, and I saw him in the changing room. You know, he obviously, it's very hard if that just landed on the, uh, the glove. The jab opened it up earlier on. You could see that hurt Larty, and there was a right hook around the side. A great statement. You know, especially after the first round, because I was actually thinking, me, I didn't like that first round. Larty was telling me all week he's gonna knock him out and you know, come and sign for Matrim and I'm glad he's all right. But big statement from Fabio and I'd like to see him go on now. He'll box on the Dillian White Povetkin card uh, on January the 30th and soon come the British title. And I think he's gonna be ready. I think he's an outstanding prospect. The
1: Savage roars mm. on an, an all out action victory was enough to see him get past Tom Little tonight.
2: Yeah, you know, I think the Savage is great. Savage is great, and you know, big respect to Tom Little. He got himself in top shape. He said at the press conference, If you beat me, you would have beat probably the best me that there's ever been. He didn't just beat him, he destroyed him. You know, I see a lot of people, some fighters as well, sort of saying, Oh, I don't know why Alan Babbage is on all the time. He's not that good. You know, oh, he just swings away. He's average. I'll tell you why he's on because he's fucking entertaining to watch. And he goes in there and he knocks people out. That's what people want to see. I think he's still trending. Top five on Twitter. You know, you've got to make noise. You've got to showcase your character, your personality. And when you get in the ring, you've got to entertain and make it count. Every fight Babich is in, from the first bell to when the fight ends, he does not stop trying to knock his opponent out, walking him down, letting the big bombs go. It might not always be pretty. It might not always be textbook, but it will always be entertaining. And I'm excited. You know, January the 30th again on the white Povetkin card. He'll be back. And he'll keep doing what he's doing, which is fight anyone that wants to fight him. So line them up, whoever's there. You know, and we lead towards perhaps a big Hergovic fight in the summer in Croatia when the crowds are back. But until then, tell me who wants to fight Babic and he'll, make, he'll fight them.
1: Jez Smith, I believe, mm. just too experienced for Ben Ridings perhaps tonight.
2: Yeah, you know, when we talk about Conor Benn and we talk about AJ here and Billy Joe Saunders in a couple of weeks, it's sometimes just as rewarding to see a fight like Jez Smith come through. To see the smile on his face... You know, once he showered up and to come in and say, I oh, just can't believe it. Thanks for that opportunity. He'll go home tonight. He will be buzzing tonight. He will be buzzing tomorrow. And he's got his career back on track. They took the fight on Monday because Hopi Price pulled out. Good luck to him. They stayed ready. They took the opportunity. And now whatever comes for him will come. He's talking about moving down to 154. We've got plenty of fighters at 154. So we'll see what happens. But for tonight, Jez Smith is a world champion in his eyes, in his bed tonight. And good luck to him. It's good to see him have a smile on his face because he he took the chance and he was ready. Liam Davis opened the show, becoming English champion Mm. in good style. Really good performance. And, you know, another fight that Errol Johnson and Steve Wood said, we've got this English title fight. Would you like it on? And short notice, they jumped up. Uh, Liam Davis took his opportunity. Um, Well done to Cairns as well for for taking the chance. But Davis was too good, too classy. Um, And I think he can go on and change for the Bantamweight title. I think he's got a good future. And uh, I thought it was a great show.
1: We're back here on December 4th, of course, for Billy Joe Saunders against Martin Murray. Just talk us through the schedule leading to the end of the year. It's incredible. It's it,
2: non-stop. Really? I mean, look, we just finished tonight. Obviously, next week, we got Jacobs Rosado in Florida. Then the week after that, we got Billy Joe Saunders against Martin Murray, all-British world title fight. Then we got Anthony Joshua against Kubrat Pulev and Lawrence Akoli against Glowacki on the same card. Bacoli against Kuzmin. Huey Fury against Marius Wack. Sizoko against Conway It's a cracking card. And then the week after that, it's Canelo against Callum Smith. And then we have a couple of weeks off. And then it's Luke Campbell against Ryan Garcia. And then we'll have maybe Kelly Avanesian on the 23rd or the 30th. Dillian White-Paveckian on the 30th. You know, Josh Warrington's got to fight Kanzu in that period as well. So it's absolutely non-stop. And it's been great here. You know, I've really enjoyed it. But we do want to get back to fans. And uh, as much as I enjoy this environment and keeping boxing going, I can't wait for fans to get back because we're going to have a great time. You know. We're going to drink a lot of beer, we're going to have a lot of fun, we're going to do a lot of dancing, we're going to sing to Sweet Caroline all night, so just hang in there and the good times are coming.
1: Brilliant Eddie, thanks for your time. Cheers. Cheers. Connor, well done, undoubtedly
3: the best performance of your professional career to date. Just analyse your own performance and uh, tell us how happy you are with that. Do you know what I could have done more of like, that, you know? <laughs> I've had other spars than that. So, you know, I've just been training hard as you can tell. Every time I get better, you lot think I'm mucking about when I say I'm working hard. It's not fun and games no more, you know, I'm here for business. Just before you joined us there, he said to Eddie Hearn, I hope you don't mind me saying, you just say, I'm disappointed I didn't get him out of there. How tough was he? (laughs) Well, I hit him with a straight one-two. I think he ran nine, I thought, skis is tough. You heard him wincing in there when I was hitting him to the body. But, you know, I'm not going to blow everyone out. You know, I'll wear them down. Exactly what I've done tonight. It is a question more for your trainer, Tony
0: Sims. but um, the rate of improvement, how happy are you with the improvements that you're making behind closed doors?
3: Well, I just beat a former world champion who ran the distance with Sean Porter and I beat him just as good, do you know what I mean? So, I didn't even come out of, you know, I was still got loads of gears left. I went through more gears with Paynard. You know, so when I'm banging trouble, that's when you'll see the best of me. I was on top there and I'm not an on top fighter, I can fight on top. But most of these fighters, when it gets on top for them, they crumble. I fight better when I'm not on top. I was on top the whole time in there. You know, when a game really gets tough for me, that's when you'll see me, you know, at it.
0: Promoter Eddie Hearn, uh, what do you make of Connor's sort of gauge of his own performance there?
2: Oh, I think he's a bit critical. I thought it was a great performance. I mean, don't forget he hasn't boxed for 13 months. Um, this isn't the environment that Connor Ben thrives off. You know, I don't know what you thought. I know a lot of fighters are saying once you get in the ring, it's the same, but he's used to walking out in front of the O2 and getting himself revved up. I thought it was a great performance early in the fight. I thought he's... His body work was fantastic, his jab was excellent, and later on it was a case of just trying to force the pressure and getting out there. He was a little bit reckless but it's because he was taking chances and he could afford to do that against Formella. I don't know how he was still standing. I mean, we saw him go to full distance with Sean Porter. He's got one hell of a chin, but this was a big performance from Conor Ben, And I think it's now time to move into 2021 with some big steps up. He breezed through that stage, breezed through that test. A lot of people said that was going to be a big test for him and he found it quite You know, he got
3: all these fighters calling me out. I'm only interested in one fight. Which one's that? And that's Josh Kelly.
2: Josh that's Kelly. The only well, that's, fight. that's a That's
3: fight. the only fight I'm interested in. You can forget all these other bods. All these other people calling me out because they've got loads of Instagram followers. I don't care. If they ain't benefiting me, I don't want it. The only big domestic I want is Kelly. And it's for people saying I'm scared and all that. Stop talking rubbish. Do I look like a scared fighter? Do I look like a scared fighter? His team is in the studio tonight with Adam
0: Booth. Have you got a direct message
3: for Josh Kelly and, and Adam Booth? Well, you know, they should have took their chance when they could because I'm on the up. You know My stocks are going up. I ain't coming back time anytime soon. I ain't coming down anytime soon.
2: Well, I'll tell you now, Josh Kelly will fight David Avanissian in January. If he gets through that test and Connor will have one more, that is an absolute blockbuster for the summer. I know Adam Booth's up there. He has no problem taking the fight. you uh, sure? Well, I believe so. All I right. believe so. I know you have no problem taking I'm a fight. That's definitely not calling this one, I was have no problem taking a fight. It's a massive domestic fight.
0: If I can just draw your attention to this screen here, I know how much you've said this week. You missed your family. Your dad was watching in Australia. We've got. We have got a message from.
4: I that was so good, son. Oh, it's the best, mate. You're getting better and better. They talk. They're talking about Chris Jenkins. You're going past that, They're talking about um, Josh Kelly. You do your own thing, mate. Don't worry about them. You do your own thing, mate. Listen to the commentators. Are you ready for Chris Jenkins? He already had that opportunity. You do what you got to do,
3: mate. Oh, I
0: love that, man.
4: Go your path, not their path. Well done, son. Proud of
2: you. That's a,
0: that is a great endorsement from him, man. You echo what he says
3: there. Yeah, I just miss my family, man. See all these fires out there, giving it all that. Listen, you know, i will do anything to be at home. You know, all these materialistic things don't add up to me not seeing my little sister grow up or my little brother, you know, being that son at home. And people think, oh, I went in a good frame of mind and all that. No, I would just miss my family. I just miss my family. You know, and I made a big sacrifice. And it's paying off, as you lot can see. When I come down here, I was raw. I was a novice. It was a fluke. It was a, you'd done it, you, you signed me off the whim, it was, you know, fun and games. It's serious now. And I missed four years, five years of my life for my family and watching them all grow. My little sister's taller than me. My little sister's now a woman, who's starting, you know, talking to boys. I ain't having none of that. I can't do nothing about it. can't do nothing about it. (laughs) Do
0: you know what I mean? That's a heartfelt message, and I would not want to be the boyfriend in the the, the (laughs) the house. I imagine coming home, there's you (laughs) and your dad, and you're joking. Um, I know you don't really
3: want to talk about it. Will you try and get home to Australia now? Oh, 100%, without a shadow of a doubt. You know, I'm a resident over there, so I'll go over there and see my family. I made the biggest sacrifice. It was the only sacrifice I could, make. Yeah my dad, I've had a luxurious life. A luxurious life, a blessed life. I ain't I don't know hardship. The only sacrifice I could make was my family. And it's the sacrifice I chose to make, but it don't make it any easier. It don't make it any easier. Not half the fighters here would do what I do. And if they had what I had, they wouldn't graft as hard as I do. It's only convert for me. I'm the first to get there and the last to leave. I'm crushing numbers in the sprints. I'm crushing numbers in sparring. I won't be doing that if I wasn't hungry, they say that it's hard to get out of bed in silk pyjamas. I get out of bed in silk pyjamas in my heated, heated Range Rover seats with a nice massage on the back, heated steering. I still train harder than all these fools. Don't one question me. You said it all tonight, well done.
4: Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt K.O. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free impartial um. advice on all your debt.
3: Nigel! Hey. Yes, man, I can't wait to see you. Oh, man, it's over now. I can love you. Yeah, have well, a good month. Oh, man. A good oh, I love you, man. I'm coming out. I'm um. gonna swear coming. Oh man, I need to see you. It's been too long. <laughs> she was bawling her eyes. She was her eyes out earlier. how'd you see her? Oh, she was a state. Oh, you look. Mu- oh look. You look brand new. You were in bits before. <laughs> Yeah, they're filming. <laughs> Tell to stop
4: if you want oh.
3: Yeah, we can so right. <laughs> so well. Thank you, Mum. I've worked hard. Well we got a good beat he got a good beating. Let me call you let me call you guys after, okay? Right. <laughs> um, I've gotta do that. I've gotta do that. I've got, you'll be up. I've got to do the UK anti doping um, and then I've got to do a couple of interviews. Because Coogan's like driving are me mad. Yeah, Coogan's dri- driving me mad. Are you everybody your family? No, Coogan's blackmailing me and all that.
4: I thought I was family. Nice, what's going on? <laughs> oh, I'm you ain't. Alright, right. <laughs> <just,
3: I> <laughs> right, love you. <laughs> Go on, <bye. laughs> You all right? <sighs> tired. That, are you recording? No, you what are. I thought we were
4: doing what this. <laughs> 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 doing this. here with Connor Ben. Uh, is it all just catching up with you this week?
3: Yeah, I'm just tired now, man, man. Bit um, tired. It's funny, cause I got to put in the front for all these other interviews, but you know, cause like we're bros and all that, and you know, your team Ben. And you know, you're like fully involved in the Team Ben camp. And I thought, um, wow. you know, I can just keep it real with you and let you know I'm tired, cooks Absolutely, that's fine. Um,
4: assessment of your performance, Are you pleased with
3: it? It was all right. I mean, I was on top the whole time, didn't have anything I was worried about in there. It was, um, it was probably, you know. It's easy money. You know, I've had other spas than that. Not being funny, no, I'm serious, I've had some other spas in this camp. Um, and in there I was expecting a lot more from a former world champion. Um but you know there wasn't much I was worried about in there. You know, I felt his power and you know there was absolutely nothing to it at all.
4: Did you almost feel like you didn't get out of second gear?
3: You know I didn't get out of second gear. You ain't got to ask that I didn't get out of second gear. You know, it's when a fighter gets on top of me that you'll see, um well the way you have seen before. You know, the Painard fight again, I relate back to that because that was such a significant fight in my career. Significant because I was eighteen or nineteen, young boy, with limit limited amateur background and limited fights in the pro game and I'll show what I was made of that fight so you know when a fight when it gets on top for me you know I don't buckle I don't crumble I don't fold I don't fold under pressure at all you know I'm ready to go it it doesn't really bother me
4: this was being labelled as the step up the test etc for this stage of your career but do you really feel like as though you've had that or not really?
3: don't know, you know, cougs. Like I've had hard fights that should be easy fights and easy fights that should be hard fights. i probably had harder fights early on in my career than I have now. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like this game's getting easier. <laughs> Training gets harder, better fighting, it gets easier. Like, I've been working on my defenses. you could see in there. Um... I just had a, a moment, you know, where, like, from my debut, just look to your boat. And was just like it just reminded me with a camera in my face and all that, like you're always in my face. And um my debut when um I had all that funny air and and it's like mad that I've just beat a former world champion sitting there. We just went, you know, with shot 12 rounds with Sean Paul, who just, you know, had a close fight with Spence. And, you know, I beat him just as good. Yeah, it didn't come out of gear. So come a long way. Long, long way.
4: It seems though in that short space of time you're talking, three or four years or whatever, you have developed, you have matured as a person and as a fighter, which is fair to say, isn't it?
3: Definitely. I mean, you're bound to make mistakes. You're bound to um, hit the deck at some stage of your career. Thank God mine was early. Um, I had my reasons as to why I wasn't me on the night. Uh, But nobody cares. (laughs) I'm not going to go make a list of excuses as to why um, I went right, and that was that. And you know, I paid the ultimate, well, almost paid the ultimate price. So, you know, it's onwards and upwards. Oh, my wife's just calling me. Just on the old. Um, cool. Yo, where are you? Baby? In the hotel. Are you coming over? Hi. I don't come allowed over. You are? I am. Yeah, they're coming to get you. <gasps> are you joking? No. I don't know that. Yeah, you and the boys. Yay. Go on. Go on, message Dan. Message Dan, alright? That's my beautiful wife. Okay, oh okay. no. Oh, you know. One I one could say.
4: Does it make it all worth it, everything you've had to miss out on over the last <laughs> few months and sacrifice, etc. Is it today now you've got the win? Does it make it all worth it?
3: It's not it's not you know, being world champion will make it worth it. Anything less won't make it worth it. Um, I'm interested in um, nothing else to accomplish apart from being world champion. I dedicate everything I have to this game. Um, I miss my family dearly. You've got to make sacrifices in life to get ahead. In any um, sphere you're in, any um, career you're in, you've got to make sacrifices.
4: I'm not going to keep you too much longer, um, but for next year, the public will... At some point, demand this fight with with Josh Kelly.
3: It's only a big domestic. I'm interested in. It's only a big domestic that makes sense. Um, I'm not one for calling out fighters, but and I'm not one for um, you know slagging off on Twitter and Instagram or Facebook. All my accounts are run for me. I just ain't got the energy. Do you know what I mean? Got a beautiful wife. Um, I've got a baby on the way. I've got house renovations going on. I've got some wise money investments that I deal with. So who's got time to beef on Twitter? Or Instagram, you know, do you know what I mean? So I've just got bigger things going on, bigger picture, um, business, you know.
4: Well, I'm gonna let you go because you've got calls to answer, etc. So, is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO, and your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free, impartial Mm. advice on all your debt.
5: This is Rob Tebert for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. Delighted as always to be joined by Eddie Hearn. We're in the immediate aftermath of Conor Ben's resounding win over Sebastian Formella here at Wembley Arena. Eddie,
2: first and foremost, great performance from Conor Ben tonight. Well, first and foremost, we've already done two minutes this and your fucking battery went. So uh, I thought it was a great performance. I mean, I was nervous about tonight and and I felt if Conor was to win, he would come for a close fight. And what he did was he dominated Formella. I think he was close to stopping him as well. I thought he boxed really well early on. Got a little bit sloppy late on because he was trying to get him out of there. And that's what people want to see. You know, they don't want to see a guy get a, get a lead and then just coast to a points victory. He was always in there trying to knock him out. I thought it was a great performance, a big future ahead. And, of course, made it very clear in the interview after that who he wants next. And, and that's Josh Kelly. It won't be next, but we can certainly build towards that in 2021. And I see no reason why that mega fight can't happen.
5: You mentioned Josh Kelly. I've been on Twitter myself and I've seen people calling for that fight. It's a very very different type of calling for it. They were 18 24 right, yeah. months ago when the first the fight was first mooted when people were looking at it as some sort of grotesque mismatch, but based on that performance tonight, that's a potential big fight for British
2: boxing in 2021. It's a huge fight and you're right. You know, I was probably one of those people that I don't know 12 months ago said, you know, Josh Kelly is a guy who's had over 100 amateur bouts, was an Olympian was an outstanding fighter, you know, has looked sensational. But connor has got better and better and better. And Josh's momentum, because of illness and injury and lockdown, hasn't been as strong. Um, that being said, Josh Kelly is still a tremendous fighter, but he does have the fight of his life against David Avanissian in January. So if he can come through that, I expect Connor to box again around that time, probably February, and we can build towards something really special in the summer. But, you know, it's great to have two... But the top welterweights in the country and two guys that are world-ranked as well um, under the stable you know, from the UK and you know, firing on all cylinders.
5: Connor Ben, absolutely unrecognisable from the man who had that war with Cedric Peno at York Hall. What does that say about the work that not only he has done but also Tony Sims in the gym since then?
2: Both done a great job. I mean, firstly, Tony's a fantastic trainer and you know, he's got history with the Ben family. He knew Nigel very well and Nigel put his trust in Tony and he was the right man for the job. I will say as well that Connor's work ethic is second to none. You know, um, Connor's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. You know, he doesn't take criticism very well. And I've told him on numerous occasions, just don't worry about it. Just do your own thing. And it's difficult because I, I know that growing up, what it was like to have a very famous dad, and always getting criticised. And as you start to achieve things, people just say it's because your dad, it's because your dad, because your dad. And you fight so hard to try and get your own respect you know but that's good because it helps drive you Mm. but you can't worry too much about what people are saying you just got to do your own thing and follow your dreams and your, your path and your you know the strategy that you lay out and he's doing that but he is one of the hardest workers and I always say that when people talk about boxing and you know the backgrounds of boxers I mean I could never have made it as a fighter because one I was absolutely shit but two I was I had a rich dad, right? Well, he's got a rich dad and he was brought up in, you know, the same kind of environment, but he's finding a way to do it. Show me a fighter that's had a privileged upbringing that's gone on to make it in recent times. I don't know. I mean, I actually can't name one. So he's up against it, but it's the fire that burns within that's enabling him to do it. It's enabling him to work harder than anyone else. And I'm very proud of the work that he puts in because for 13 months he hasn't boxed and... You know, he's worked tirelessly in the gym. I know other fighters that just would have had time off, had a little holiday. You know, he's he's a young man who's married, got a kid on the way. He's very settled, lives in the same village as me, right? Which is like the average age 90. And he's just, he's very focused on his career. So all he wants to do is achieve in the sport. And, and if you can have that commitment and if you have the ability, you'll be very difficult to beat
5: not too late for Eddie Hills to make a triumphant return oh,
2: back man. to the ring. Very good. It was very good. Yeah, like a jack in the box. <laughs> Fucking terrible. I thought I was Muhammad Ali, but like on a serious note, you know, when I used to go down the gym, I was a, I was a sack I was a soft like, you know what I mean? And the first time I started getting here, I didn't want to go anymore. It ain't, it, it ain't easy. And you have got to be made of the right stuff. Me, you, sorry, you you are included as well. We're not and he shouldn't be, but he has the DNA, but he's, he is made of the right stuff. That's why, as much as I you know, I don't, I'm not the biggest Eubank fan because I think they make catastrophic bad decisions in their career, you have to respect Eubank Jr. because he's tough. And he shouldn't really be tough because he don't come from that kind of background, you know? So I respect him and I respect Connor and, and the work they put in. Let's
5: fly through the rest of the card. It's very late here. I know you want to get home to your family. Fabio Wardley in the Chief Support. So what, Bit of a strange one, really. Mm. The knockout. Me and you watched the, the replay several times over and over again. What did you
2: make of his performance against Richard Larty? I thought it was really good. I mean, Larty was hilarious. I mean, the ring walk was great. And backstage, he was telling me he's going to knock out Fabio Waldley, sign for Matt and He was bang up for it. In the first round, I thought he looked really dangerous. And it was just the jab by Fabio Wardley, when you watched the replay back, that, that staggered him. And then he hit him with like a shot that was half on the gloves, half around the side of the head. Now, I've seen a lot of people, as as usual, you know, especially people with agendas, oh, he took a dive, and if he did take a dive, fuck me, he should be in for an Oscar, because he was absolutely poleaxed. I mean, in the ring, out of the ring, back here, back in the change room, he weren't with it at all. So, I thought, you know, it's difficult to give Fabio Waldie the credit of a devastating knockout that, you know, took his chin clean off, because it didn't. It was just a heavy shot around the side of the head that was set up by the jab, so, but... He stopped Richard Larty in two rounds. And you know we know Dubois had a good fight of him, stopped him in four. Gorman laboured to a 10-round a points win. And once again, Fabio Waldi steps up to the plate. So you have to keep giving him respect. Um, he, he was composed in there. He got hit by a couple of big left hooks in the first round. And, you know, took his time, broke him down, and I thought it was a good performance.
5: Where next for him? Because he's kind of in this weird place now where he's not had many fights, amateur or professional.
2: He's come from the white-collar scene. Where's he going to go from here? I think he should go on and fight for the British title, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, we know that that should become vacant soon. Fabio was going to fight Dave Allen for the British title. Uh, Dave's now no longer fighting. And I think it will probably be a Gorman or something like that, of which we'd take that fight tomorrow. So... I like Fabio Wardley. Yeah. He's very composed. He's not getting carried away with himself. I like what he said in the interview, which is that, you know, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. I've got a lot to learn, but I'm enjoying myself. I'm progressing. So I think he's a great talent.
5: The Savage returned yeah. again, emphatic in three rounds against, uh, you know, Tom Little, who had yeah. talked the talk this week. He looked in tremendous shape, but the Savage got him out of yeah. him three rounds.
2: I think the Savage is great. I mean, you know, I think he's still trending on Twitter, top five. I see a lot of people like that, fighters saying, oh, I can't believe this savage is getting the opportunities, he's useless. It's like, no, he's fucking entertaining, right? People want to watch him fight. From the first bell to whenever the fight ends, he's trying to take your head off. And all these fights he keeps having, Sean Dale Winters, oh, this is a bit of a step up, demolished. Noel Kennedy, this could be interesting, demolished. Tom Little, oh, he's come in shape, this is going to be interesting, demolished. So you can't just say he's useless. There are a lot of questions still to answer. But I'm enjoying it. Are you enjoying it? I mean, you know, I see a lot of stuff I don't enjoy. And sometimes it's on our shows. But I enjoy entertainment. I enjoy knockouts. I enjoy characters. I enjoy personalities. And he's all of that. So long live the savage. Might not last forever, but while it is, we'll fucking enjoy it. And him and Fabio will both box on January 30th on Dylan White's card.
5: I do enjoy the Savage. Yeah. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I've been campaigning all over Twitter about the yeah. Savage this year. One of uh, British boxing's well emerging yeah. talents yeah. this year, for sure. Um, elsewhere on the card, we saw Jez Smith yeah. produce a very, very good performance um, in beating Ben Ridings, previously unbeaten Ben Ridings. He's been banging on about you. Yeah. He wants Eddie Hearn Sign me up, baby. Great
2: performance. Really good. And uh, for all the, you know, the Connor Bens coming through in the World Championship fights, Sometimes it's those little wins that you see a smile on someone's face. I mean, tonight, Jez Smith Smith will go home as a world champion in his eyes. You know, he'll go out. Imagine how happy he will be tonight. You know, he's had a couple of defeats lately, taking fights at the wrong weight or late notice, and his career's sort of going in the wrong direction. But for tonight, he'll feel like a superstar. Good luck to him. You know, he thought he boxed really, really well. Outclassed Ben Ridings just was too experienced for him, to be honest with you. And, you know, he's talking about moving down to 154. As I said to all these kids, winner stays on. You know, it doesn't mean you're going to get a soft contract where you're going to have a load of walk-over fights, but you will be given another opportunity to be in a fight on a matchroom card. And if that's at 54, if that's at 60, he can fight Jed Smith. It's the first time I've watched him live. I've seen clips of him in other fights, but you can tell he can fight. You know, his brother can fight as well. He comes from that, you know, he'd been brought up around boxing, and technically he's very good. And if he can get himself to 54 and in shape, Yes, sir. We've got plenty of fights for him.
5: Liam Davis opened the show very, very well. Very impressive performance in capturing the English bantamweight title against Sean Cairns.
2: Another one. You know, winner stays on. Errol Johnson, Steve Wood phoned me up and said, uh, we've got this fight. It's a good fight. This kid can really fight, Liam Davis, Would you like to put it on? And they're the kind of fights I'm trying to start the shows with in lockdown because it's difficult when there's no atmosphere in the arena. So you want to sort of kickstart and get off to a good start rather than just putting a six-round mismatch on. So I was pleased with that. I thought it was a good fight. And overall, I thought it was a really good show.
5: OK, Eddie, before I let you go, I had a brief chat with Adam Smith mm-hmm. yesterday about the Anthony Joshua and uh, Andy Ruiz. No, it wasn't about that. Anthony Joshua, Kubrat Pulev, price bought of 24.95. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about it. What happened there? Why did it go from 20, well, 1995 as a regular? We had the 24.95 last year for AJ Ruiz too. How come it's back at 24.95 now?
2: Just because we've decided to keep the price the same. I mean, actually, you know, it is Sky's decision. But at a time where we've lost 70,000 spectators and millions and millions and millions and millions of revenue, we just decided to keep the price the same as it was for his last fight. Um, moving forward, I don't know. I mean, I guess the next fight will be against Tyson Fury. So would it be 24.95 or 29.95? I don't know. But um, it was a big challenge getting this fight made. And we just decided to keep the price the same as his last fight.
5: Would it not have been good to, to sort of give something back to boxing fans? Keep it at 19.95, the standard price. We've got Dubois Joyce next week on BT Sport. Lomachenko Lopez in the, in the States wasn't on pay-per-view. Yes, it would was,
2: it have... Well, it was on, on pay-per-view over here in the states yeah but you're talk- we're talking about uk marks you've got mike tyson against roy jones next week that's 19 pounds 95 for a six-round exhibition mm-hmm. you've got the biggest star in world boxing you've got a britain and world championship fight against uh Glowacki on the undercard in lawrence acoli you've got kuzmin against Bacoli. great fight you've got huey fear against Wack. you've got sizoko against conway you've got about four other fights to go so it's a great night of boxing. it's one of the biggest stars in boxing. And we just decided to keep it the same price as the last one. I, you know, I don't know what else to tell you. We, like I said, we've lost 70,000 fans. We're keeping the biggest star in, in world boxing fighting. This is why Tyson Fury, whose last fight was twenty four ninety five as well, couldn't fight because they couldn't get the money together because they couldn't do enough pay-per-view buys. It would have been the same price, £24.95. So for us, yes, we've lost millions of pounds. We're not putting the price up. We're keeping it the same. Appreciate before that Ruiz fight was £19.95. Coogan said to me, he said, yeah, but do you think Andy Ruiz is uh, as good a fighter? Do you think Kubrat Pulev is as good a fighter as Andy Ruiz? Fighter. I went, fucking right he is. He's a better fighter than Andy Ruiz. When I made the first Andy Ruiz fight, everyone told me it was a dog shit fight. He knocked Anthony Joshua out and put him down four times at Madison Square Garden. Then we made the rematch and he beat him. Oh, Andy Ruiz were and all that. So yes, Kubrat Pulev and Andy Ruiz have exactly the same ability. Pulev more accomplished actually than Andy Ruiz. So again, going back to we have lost millions of pounds off the gate that doesn't exist. We're keeping the price the same as his last fight.
5: We spoke about Usyk Chizora. Usyk Chizora were willing to take, you know, willing to take cuts in wages. Was that never an option for Anthony Joshua? He was a
2: huge cut in price. I mean, you know, you're going to you can deliver 8 million pounds worth of revenue at the gate. It's no longer there.
5: Is that not made up by the extra
2: £5? No, no, not at all. What, £8 million? I don't know, We'll do the maths. I can't do the maths. It's your job. You can do the maths. If you do 500,000 buyers um, with a split from Sky and a VAT, call it an extra three quid. Not even that, call it an extra two quid. It's a million pounds. He's he's, he's probably taking a 40% pay cut to make this fight, as did Usyk and Chisora, as is Dubois and Joyce next week. But they're not... Now, when you say, oh, Debois Joyce is not on boxing, these are British title fights. He's the biggest star in world boxing, making tens of millions of pounds a fight. So this is the difference of levels. And you're going to get to see, as I said, the most exciting fighter in world boxing, Antin Joshua, and we're not even going to charge you any more than we charge for his last fight.
5: Do you accept that the last fight was a bigger
2: fight, though, AJ Ruiz, oh, I, too? I accept that it was as difficult as this fight.
5: Is it a bigger fight?
2: Uh, we'll see on the pay-per-view bars, probably, yeah. But is it, as, is it tougher? No. Okay,
5: Eddie, always a pleasure. Thanks very much for having me in the bubble this week. I've really enjoyed my time. Don't imagine myself being back anytime soon, but thank you anyway. Look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks,
2: Eddie. Cheers. Thank thank you.
4: Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt.
2: I said I'd give a plug to it, so what do we reckon of Wingstop, Edward? Wingstop, on another level. Not only are they sponsoring the show tonight, but these are different gravy. Mango and habanero, spicy little... what we got here spicy korean oh spicy korean Mm. Mm. Wingstop. stop you may be sponsoring the show and we thank you for the support and the money but don't even worry about the money just keep bringing us the chicken different gravy
4: this is Coon Cassius for IFL TV in association with MTK Global, fight night's over. Joined by Mr. Eddie Hearn. Tell you what, set up here is pretty fucking good
2: mate. It is isn't it, it's nice, let's have a little look, let's have a little stroll around. Oh you want me to take that? So this is the big screen here, costs about 30 bags a show. <laughs> Go over here, this is all the branding, it's about 2 grand, 4 grand, 6 grand, 10 grand. And we've got the rig up there, it's about 40 bags. Yeah, we're doing our bollocks in here, but there's no crowd, as you can see. Um, it is, it is, uh, it's different, isn't it? You know, and it, it's, nothing can ever replace fans, but we're doing our best. And it was another great night. Um, let's talk about kind
4: of from the, the first fight there um, with Sean Kearns. Yeah, um,
2: yeah and Liam Davies. Yeah, impressive from Liam Davies. Yeah, it was a good performance. Look, we're getting. I like to start these cards if we can. You know, we don't have the atmosphere of a a normal arena, so I like to start as often as I can with a competitive fight, normally sort of English title, British title eliminator. Um, You saw a good one last week with um, Cullen and uh, Doherty. You saw another good one tonight with Davis and Cairns. Good performance from Liam Davis. Yeah, um, he's going to go on. I think he changed for a British title. He's young, he's undefeated. And I think he's going to do a lot in the bantamweight division. And I'm pleased to give these guys the opportunity. Errol Johnson, Steve Wood, they just said, look, we've got this fight. They're both ready to go. And I said, great. And the same goes for Jez Smith and Ben Ridings. And, you know, sometimes you get so much enjoyment out of someone like Jez Smith popping up and seeing you in the change room saying, I can't thank you enough for this opportunity. I'm ready to go. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get to 154. I thought he boxed really, really well. Really well. And, you know, it's great seeing these young prospects coming through and, you know, these world championship fights. But honestly, it's also really nice to see people get opportunities through this pandemic that wouldn't normally get it. Those boys took that fight on four days' notice because they had nothing planned. There's no small hall shows. There's no opportunities. So, you know, I'm glad they both took it, and well done to Jez Smith. Does it put you in a slight predicament with guys like Jez Smith and, and Liam Davis, where
4: they're not your fighters, you've got them on the show, but they've come here to impress, and they do, but then you've obviously
2: got your own fighters to get out.
0: Yeah, it's
4: difficult.
2: Yeah. It's difficult. And some you look at and say, you know, if you look at Jez Smith, being brutally honest, Jez Smith is not a prospect that you're necessarily gonna get behind and build. But what he has shown tonight is an entertaining good fighter. So you will give him another another opportunity and then it's over to him. He won't be given an easy touch. If he wants to fight at fifty four, he's gonna be fighting, you know, Cheeseman and Eggington and Fowler and all these guys. So um, as I say, winner stays on and, and that's that is the case. But doesn't mean winner stays on and then you get a big contract fighting nobody's. It means you stay on, you get another test. But these guys are up for it because they've got nothing to lose. And that's what makes it enjoyable and also exciting to watch. Let's talk about um, Fabio Wardley first yeah. of all. Um, I'm assuming you
4: have watched the punch back. And it, I mean, what was your take on it? It looks like a
2: lot of it on the glove was connected. Yeah, I think uh, some on the glove, some around the side of the head. If you actually watch the clip of about 30 seconds before, 20 seconds before he hurts him badly with a jab and you can see Larty go backwards Um, I don't think it looked like the cleanest shot in the world but he was absolutely polaxed and what people at home don't get to see is him here him walking back him in the changing rooms so unless he's going in for an Oscar in 2020 he was very very badly hurt so um, again you know, I've seen the shot from many different angles people have sent me the shot of it You know, half it in his glove and half it in his face. Um, All I can say is, is that he was absolutely poleaxed. And uh, I think it was an impressive performance from Fabio Wardley because the first round it looked really lively. You know, Lartey was trying to knock him out. Uh, It it looked like he might have hurt him once or or certainly buzzed him. Fabio might deny. But then I thought it was a really impressive performance. You know, Gorman laboured to a ten-round points win. Dubois had a good fight with him over four rounds. And you know, I think people. In situations like that there's a lot of people with agendas who will just say oh he took a dive oh he didn't hit him properly but you know i thought it was an impressive performance so,
4: sorry
2: so you would dismiss any kind of speculation of any kind of foul play on lighty I mean, side i mean I, I don't see you know again if you watch the fight back and you see the jab land about 10 seconds before he was clearly hurt um the shots hitting around the side of the head it, it didn't look like he went down easy. It looked like he went down like a sack of spuds. And, and awkwardly as well. You know, it wasn't like he, you know, he went over on his, almost on his leg. So, I let you make up your own decisions, you know. And if, if the board think there was anything untoward, I don't think so. I've been around him all week. I mean, he's been telling me all week he's going to win and I'm going to sign him. And before he walked out, he said, this is it. I'm going to do this. He ring walked like he was, you know, Muhammad Ali. So, I don't think that, you know, he wanted to lose the fight. So, in, in that respect, no. But, yeah, nevertheless, Fabio Wardy's story goes on. be looking to step him up. He'll feature on the Dillian White and Povetkin card as well, I'm assuming. I'd love him to fight for the British title. I mean, before Dave retired, that was a fight that we were looking to make. So whoever the board want to put him in with for the British title, then he'll be ready to go.
4: The Alan Babbage story continues as well with a third round uh, knockout of, of Tom Little who was absolutely devastated. We know, we know Tom Little took this fight seriously yeah. but Alan Babbage pretty much, as he says on the tin, does what he does and it's effective. And you, you said to him in the, in the post-fight interview that there are still questions, mm. which is fair to say at this stage of his career. Yeah, but also,
2: how many fights has he had? What, seven? You know, but the thing is, is that people keep asking questions and he just... Breezes through And do you know one thing that pisses me off, to be honest with you, is moaners. And I've seen fighters moaning about Alan Babbage saying, oh, do you know what, I can't understand this Babich. Uh, he ain't even that good. Why is he getting these opportunities? Why? Because he's fucking entertaining. Go on Twitter now, he's still trending, I think, number four or five. People love to watch exciting fighters. People love to watch people trying to knock people spark out, especially heavyweights, especially small heavyweights with personality and fucking game in and out of the ring. This is called the entertainment business. Stop moaning on your chair that this bloke's getting opportunities. When he's going in there, He's, he's creating noise, he's expressing his personality, and he's fucking knocking people out. Tom Little was bang up for it, and he absolutely walked through him. I thought that was impressive from Babbage. He's never going to be the neatest, cutest heavyweight in the world. But, mate, after three rounds of non-stop action, he weren't even breathing. But when there's a big heavyweight in there that can punch, then we're going to find out more. But for now, at least give him the credit. You know, when he fucked Sean Dale Winters, oh, blimey, this is a big step up. Bulldoze, when he boxed Niall Kennedy, this could be interesting, Bulldoze, boxed Tom Little. Do you know what? Loads of people were texting me today, boxing people, saying, I quite fancy Tom Little tonight. He absolutely smashed him to pieces. And Tom was fit as a fiddle. You can't take that unless you can land back and hurt him and put a dent in him. And Tom couldn't do it. Um, mic drop. Edward, uh, do you think Tom possibly might call it a day now? Um, look, I'd like to see Tom probably get a win. But, you know, he keeps... It's hard to get like a run out when you've had those defeats. Do you know what I mean? So he could fight, you know, a British heavyweight and get a win. But I don't know, he put a lot into that fight. You know, we I was actually quite nervous for that fight. I mean, you were walking around, you know, and it, with the ring walks and stuff like that. And I like Tom Little, he's a nice bloke. But, you know, he wasn't good enough tonight in that sport. Uh, moving on from there, very, very mature, accomplished
4: performance from Conor Bentonite against uh, Sebastian Fumella, who was tough as old boots,
2: yeah. as they say i thought it was a brilliant performance and you know a big box ticked um from conor ben of clearing that next level and doing it really really well you know hardly losing a round to a former ibo world champion you know one defeat on his record to sean porter on points as well and i felt that probably in the ninth round connor was on the way to get him out of there mate formella tough as nails uh kept going kept throwing punches Conor Ben, you know, a little bit sloppy at times because he was taking chances in the end. He wanted to get people out of there. And by the way, that's what people want to see. People don't want to see people cruise into a points win and after seven or eight rounds of dominating a fight, just trying to coast it out. They want to see you trying to knock people out. And Conor Ben does that. He's still a little bit vulnerable in terms of taking shots. But, you know, I think he's going to move up now. And he made it very clear in his post-fight interview. He wants Josh Kelly. That is a massive fight. Massive fight. And next summer, you know, Josh Kelly's going to fight Avanesian and if he beats Avanesian and give Connor one more that is a monster fight next summer monster fight for British boxing so if Connor wants it I'm happy to deliver it What are you uh, waiting for to announce that 30th show with Dylan White? Nothing really it's it's like 10 weeks away isn't it? So um, I think the main thing is just make sure which we understand everything is fine Vivek is out of hospital he's all good just want him to start his training camp you know, which he'll probably do so in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, everything from world of boxing suggests that January 30th date is fine. Um, we're building the card now for that. Um, there is a chance that that fight will either go on the, the card or headline its own Saturday night fight night the week before, on January 23rd. So we're just working that out as well. But no, all, all planning now. I mean, look, you know, we had Ben Fama tonight. Next weekend we got Jacobs against Rosado uh, in America. The weekend after that, we've got Billy Joe Saunders against Martin Murray in uh, here. Then the week after that, we've got Joshua Pulev. The week after that, we've got Canalo against Callum Smith. Then we've got a few weeks off. Then we've got Garcia against Luke Campbell. Then we've got Kelly Avenissia maybe on the 23rd. Then we've got White Povetkin. We've also got Joshua, uh, Josh Warrington against Kanzu to announce as well. So it's like, mate, we're absolutely flying. The schedule's non-stop. And I've got to go now because, you know. Hold on, I've got one more question to okay. ask you. There's um, been a little bit of outrage over the... Announced
4: pay-per-view price for Joshua Pulev of 24.95. I'm sure you would have seen
2: it. I'm sure you would have seen the feedback bits, from that. Yeah, bits and pieces. Um, I'm kind of just trying to stay focused on what we're doing. It's the same price as Joshua's last pay-per-view against Andy Ruiz. Did you say that that wasn't going to be the case though when he fought Andy Ruiz? Oh, I just said that this was a, the price point for this pay-per-view. It might not be the, the case all the time. We've decided to keep it the same price. We've got no fans. Uh, we have pe- 70,000 people at Tottenham Hotspur that are no longer coming. So we just decided to keep the pay-per-view price the same price as it was for his last fight. He is the biggest star in world boxing and next weekend, if you really want, you can spend 20 quid to watch an exhibition with Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. Or the week after, you can spend a touch more to watch the biggest star in heavyweight boxing and a massive undercard close out the year before he fights for the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. So there's no price increase for Anthony Joshua despite the fact there are millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions millions of pounds no longer coming into the fight, so we'll keep the price the same. A potential AJ Fury fight, though, I'm sure you want to keep that under £30, surely? Yeah, I I mean, look, I don't want to say anything that's going to come back and bite me in the arse because I've done that plenty of times, but I don't see any intention of uh, that pay-per-view price to be... uh, Look, I would think that if the AJ fight's moving forward at £24.95... Sky's decision, or whoever else is broadcasting a fight with Sky, and I would think 29.95 would be the price point for that fight. But once again, you know, despite not having 70,000 ticket revenue for the fight, we are not increasing the price of AJ's next pay-per-view. We're keeping it the same as his last fight. Do you view, sorry, last
4: one, do you view AJ Pulev on the same level as the Maurice Joshua fight?
2: Yeah, do I? In terms of a fight. Yeah? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. How? Pulev is exactly the same ability as Andy Ruiz. I mean, when we, hold on. You can't have it every way. When we first did the Andy Ruiz fight, I was getting totally abused by everyone, saying this is a dog shit fight, right? And he knocked out Anthony Joshua. And then the next fight, Andy Ruiz is Muhammad Ali. And now you're saying that Kubrat Pulev, who's ranked much higher than Andy Ruiz was when we first fought, fought him, uh, and he's also the mandatory challenger with one defeat to Vladimir Klitschko. He's, all, he's now not of the same level as Andy Ruiz. He's, he's of exactly the same level. In fact, he's more accomplished than Andy Ruiz. But the magnitude of the fight,
4: that was bigger, surely. Yeah, no, yeah. Joshua
2: was a challenger, yeah. So, I mean, it was it was a big fight. But in terms of the toughness of the fight, exactly the same.
4: Okay, Edward, we will see you in a couple of weeks. No show next
2: week other than Miami, Jacobs Rosado. Let's go.
4: Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt.